0: Listening to the Fish on Ted podcast with your host, Ted Johnson.
1: Well, hello, this is Ted Johnson with the Fish on Ted podcast. I want to thank everyone for joining us. It is the first part of April in 2020, and what a crazy time. I mean, we've got fishing uh, shut down, it seems like, uh, almost all through uh, the nation. And with this darn virus and uh, everything that is going on, it is probably the right thing to do, um, where we are forcing, um, what is it, they call it social distancing or something like that. And we just need to get through this. And so um, hopefully that the second half of 2020 turns out to be a, a better half and hopefully profitable for everyone. Um, today, without further ado, I have a guest I've been wanting to get on the show for a long time. Um, he is an icon when it comes to fishing in the state of Oregon. He's been uh, on all the different rivers and, and uh, uh, well-known throughout uh, all of the different circles. Um, but Jim, are you there? I am here Ted. Hey welcome to the show Jim. Thank you. Well well Jim Martin runs Jim Martin's guide guide service out of Junction City, Oregon and uh, Jim has a knack for putting fish in the boat and uh, other than uh, the last couple weeks how's fishing been this year Jim?
0: It's been spotty, but it's like, you know, typical fishing, you've got to hit the rivers when the conditions are good, and, yep. uh, um, you know, and you, some days you have to work a little harder than others, but that's, that's fishing, that's and uh, I think, uh, uh, you know, water conditions were probably the key factor this year to being successful.
1: Very good. Very
0: good. Well, well, Jim, you have been fishing the
1: Alsea and other um, uh, coastal and inland waters around uh, Lane County and throughout Oregon for how many years now?
0: Well, I got my guide's license in 2000, so this is the 20th year I've been guiding, but I started out as uh, <laughs> a uh, shoeless little guy at seven, uh, taking my little brother out in the fields up in five rivers and Catching cutthroat trout and uh, um, migrated on up to steelhead, salmon, all the way to uh, kokanee, to walleye, to smallmouth bass, to bottom fish. To um, if it's got uh, fins and scales, be careful because your guppy might be missing after I leave. <laughs> you're, you're after it now.
1: Now, I'm, I'm, I'm certain that some of our listeners are scratching their heads. Some of them and most know where the state of Oregon is. But when you say five rivers, where is five rivers in Oregon?
0: It's right about the central Oregon coast. And we live 36 miles away from our school. And we were wow. the last kids picked up. And the, the first one, or, you know, we were the last ones dropped off. First ones picked up. But it was a great lifestyle because, you know, we, we 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 just literally fished and hunted within the parameters of the law, of course. And, but uh, I mean, it, it, it taught us a lot of perseverance and uh, it also taught us to pay attention to the seasons, water levels. When's a good time to get cutthroat trout? Uh, you know, the salmon are going to show up, the lamprey eels. And pretty soon we started kind of, putting the puzzle together and it's like uh, even at that age you get quite a few aha moments and going oh okay well when we start seeing some eels and stuff we'll probably be able to start catching some cutthroat and then of course the salmon won't be that good up there but right. uh, there's there's in fishing there's all these little barometers that kind of go to a peak and to like a, a pyramid uh, the Egyptians it you take all these little pieces and pretty soon it comes to a point and you're going, you get the aha moment. And now, you know, that's when I need to be out there guiding. That's when I need to be out there fishing. Got it. Got it. So you started
1: fishing now, now five rivers. Uh, is, Is there actually five rivers up there or is that just the name of a river?
0: Oh, no, there's, there's definitely five rivers and it's, it's, uh, we we uh, uh grew up in a place called Brandes Mill until I got to middle school. But we were 36 miles from Waldport, Oregon, and mm-hmm. we were 36 miles from Alsea, Oregon. Um either direction, uh Alsea would take you east towards the mountains and I-5 and if you went west it would take you straight to Wallport, which uh the beautiful Pacific Ocean was ready to greet you.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah.
0: Wow, what a what a great
1: playground for a young man to grow up in, and and uh, um, fishing the Alsea and and all the other rivers that you had up there. I mean, those are just spectacular, and and probably back then uh, they were about as remote as any um, any river in Oregon.
0: Yes, when we'd uh, run across a stranger, typically they were lost and begging for a way to get out. <laughs> so <laughs> that, that's how it worked but but I but you know I didn't stop there all through high school I continued on to fish and hunt and then in college uh you know uh, some of my terms my classes didn't start till 10 and in the fall I'd be over on the Wilson River at 4:30 uh, in the morning knowing that I had an hour and 11 minutes to make it back to class on time for my 10 10 class
1: and that uh-huh. continued
0: on clear through, uh, I mean, high school, college, after college, to guiding for 20 years, and uh, um, so, probably one of the luckiest guys in the world.
1: <laughs> so, so what happened when you got hooked up at 50 minutes in? At where? Well, well you said you had oh. an hour in 11 minutes, and you get hooked up at, let's say, 55 minutes in, into your day. Now- oh.
0: Well, you know, the professors were very forgiving if I was a few minutes late, especially when uh, I'd go behind their desk and I'd drop some smoked salmon. And it's like, uh, um, you need to make up that work, but uh, it'll look good in the grade book.
1: So, and
0: uh, yes, so, they could so be bought. <laughs> oh yeah, it, 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 it's 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 a staple in our economy, and uh, it was uh, back in the day. It was uh no different, other than you, um, you had to be very discreet. And, uh, you know, uh, once in a while, you'd walk by your professor in the hallway and you'd, he'd you'd whisper in your ear, less salt. <laughs> and you knew what that meant. <laughs> <laughs> well, well,
1: it seems like nowadays they're passing different things in the hallway, but um, I, I would imagine- yeah, the, Oh, yeah. The, the smoked salmon that you were giving them was really popular. Really pumped.
0: So so well and the thing Go
1: ahead. Go ahead, <laughs> No, I was going I was going there's, there's a little gap in your in in your timeline here. So you graduated from Oregon State and then you started guiding and
0: into- no 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 I uh uh I graduated from Pacific University in Forest Grove. Okay, oh. high school was Walmart got it. junior high junior high was Walport high school was Walport I went to Pacific University we were two divisions below Oregon and Oregon State could have played there but I wouldn't have played till I was a junior um, but uh came out of there with a degree made coach proud um, you know honorable mention all conference baseball and then I taught school for five years and I moved down to Eugene started a business and raised a family. And during the raising of the family, I had some time where I really got, really got into the salmon and steelhead fishing on the Willamette and McKenzie and the other rivers, you know, it's monkey see monkey do. You know, if you're catching them on one river, a certain way, you're probably going to catch them on another river, a certain way. There's no, magic and mother nature does not uh, discriminate she will take you from the white house to the doo-doo house in one day but uh that's part of of the challenge if you're going to be a guide then you know you better work hard for people and earn their money fish or no fish Mm -hmm. and that is where the barometer comes in you got all these different entities that tells you when's a good time to go and i mean I'll, I'll be the first one to call somebody and say hey the water came up two feet i can guarantee you how the day is going to go i go oh we're excited we're not going because i'll tell you right now we're not going to catch a fish i right. said now if you want to go for a boat ride and pay me i can't think of a nicer guy for you to give your money to so anyway and that's that's part of the story and i'll, I'll go on that I think I was the first pro staff for Cabela's in Springfield and I know right now I'm the only one and on Sims's pro staff was on Yeti's, uh, pure fishing. I mean, I could go on and on and on about the accolades, but my ego is satisfied the most when my customer's rods tip over. And at the end of the day, they say, Hey, we had a great time. That's Mm -hmm. what keeps me going.
1: Mhm. Mhm.
0: It it you know it, it, if you compare it to like a
1: like a like a Broadway show or something that goes on for 10 hours during the day. I mean that's what really being a guide is all about because you know with all the indicators and that sort of thing I'm sure that you you have a really good feel if you know you're going to get into a, a lot of fish that day or not but no matter you know what what the day's like you've got to make the, de- the day enjoyable for those clients because you're running a business. You want them to come back. And, uh, um, you know, you, you, are, you are a man that is just full of stories. And I think that is treated you very well <laughs> when, you, when you've uh, been on those days where you're kind of on that boat ride, right? Oh, you
0: know, the biggest thing is, is I remember a, a longtime guide uh, gave me the best advice that i ever received. When I told him I was getting my guy's license, he goes, well, congratulations, Jimmy. He goes, just make sure that, you know, on days you don't catch fish, people have a good time. And I kind of looked at him kind of starstruck, and and he looked at me, and he goes, you don't think you're going to catch fish every trip, do you? I'm like, well, that's kind of the plan. He goes, well, you better run it up the flagpole with Mother Nature first. He goes... First and foremost, at the end of the day, wish that you didn't have to, you wouldn't have done anything differently, one. Mm -hmm. And two, people are gonna take home something, even if it's not a fish. So you better make sure that they have a great time. He goes, you're not a comedian, but you know, they probably don't know that they uh, put uh, um, uh, standards above uh, power lines for the Osprey to build a nest because if they build them lower, it shorts out the power lines and the power line company has to fix them. So just living things along the river, you can point out names of the spots, why they were named, who named them, uh, you know, hey, you know, I've caught a lot of fish right here. Uh, you know, I haven't fished this one very much. And, you know, you, you know like I tell them, simply put, my job, it's easy. <laughs> fish should just get in the way of a good story or a joke because you've got six to seven hours out there with people that you may not know. First of all, you need to figure them out. Are they the laughing kind? Are they the quiet type? Are they uh, nocturnal? Are they uh, introverts? And you just want to make sure that they've got a smile on their face when they leave. And (laughs) um sometimes saying nothing says it all other times you know visiting joking around and uh, especially with loyal customers it's like we put on the gloves and then we take them off at the end of the day and it's always fun (laughs) i'll
1: i'll bet it is i'll I'll bet it is so you know throughout these years you you have a a favorite river now that uh, you enjoy getting
0: on more than others you know, the, it it goes kind of around like a um, a circle, for like winter, spring, summer, fall, autumn. Is there's different uh, uh, different rivers that I target based on the season we're in, mm-hmm. and how I've been fishing them. Mm-hmm. So it, it just there's like I, I went up to Tillamook and fished for three days. Customers want to go up there. Well, it's a three and a half hour drive for me, but they right. take care of me. I've had people want to go clear down the Elk and Sixes, down to the Rogue, and you know, I just we just budget in accordingly. I say, hey, listen, it's going to cost me a little bit more for gas, and it's going to cost me you know two nights stay, so I've got to have that included to keep my prices down and keep my overhead down. I said, mm-hmm. uh, and, and whenever people and I've got about five different people that they just can't wait to fish a new river. And I can even tell them, hey, I haven't fished this river in seven years. And they go, perfect, let's go down there and find some new fish. And they just love the idea of going out on a new adventure and put a little pressure on my fat butt and, and getting out into the uh, uh, new new water system. So it's yeah. a, it's a very, very rewarding job if, your customers are smiling at the end of the day and it breaks my heart sure. to see people out there where I'm fishing and in other boats and their arms are crossed and we're yucking it up. We're having hot dogs. We're having pizza. We're having uh tomato soup, uh, uh, you know, in the winter time. And I bring rain gear for everybody because I don't want anybody that's a grumpy Gus.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah, it, it's, it's, so it, those, it's a
0: virus, isn't it? Yeah, well, you know, by bringing rain gear and having heaters and uh, saying, hey, listen, I got some Stover's lasagna, I just got to set it on this tray, in two and a half hours, you'll be burning your lips with it, and oh, by the way, I've got garlic bread, too. I said, regardless, somehow, some way, today, we are going to have fun. I said, it might be overeating lunch, but by golly, it'll be fun. <laughs>
1: Oh, that's great. That is great. Now, now, Jim, um, in, in regards to your vessel of choice, um, what
0: what do you fish from? Well, I prefer my drift boat due to the fact it's more intimate. I can fish three, sometimes four people. Mm-hmm. But um, I like my chances with no motors. Our waters are low in the fall and in the spring when our big fish are in and then of course uh to navigate the rivers um unless you're down in the ocean i just i've got a 20 foot sled but normally i just buddy fish out of that and, and crab and uh you know we, we go out in the ocean to get some bottom fish and we go up and get some uh, um, walleye and uh, uh, some smallmouth bass but by far my favorite is the drift boat because I'm busy all day. And I mean, it's amazing. I, I catch myself rowing away, going through technical water and carrying on a conversation at the same time. But mm-hmm. I talked to a clinical psychologist and he goes, Oh, that's just your subconscious rowing the boat. He goes, you're perfectly normal. And I <laughs> said, well, let's see how, after six hours of this, how perfectly normal I am.
1: <laughs> let's take a vote. <laughs>
0: yeah. And Hope his doesn't know. count.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that's cool. That's cool. So I, I you know, I I know your home river, I think, is probably the Alf Sea, just because you grew up there in Walport and that sort of thing. Have you seen the Alf Sea change much in regards to steelhead and salmon fishing over the last twenty years?
0: Oh yeah, it's definitely declined, but the rivers that change the most are like the McKinsey and the Willamette here in Lane County. I mean, oh. I put my sled in and run up river because every year there's a different channel. There's another island. There's a, a place you can go. There's a place you can't go. So you you motor up them in your power boat so you know when you drift down them in your drift boat, you know which channels to take. You take the wrong channel, and you're going to sink your customers and your boat. And that's part of my responsibility is to make sure that we have safe travels. And that's like, well, Yeah, I fished it three years ago. Well, three years ago, I can guarantee you it's changed,
1: Mm -hmm. and I
0: don't take those chances. Yeah. And anybody that does probably shouldn't.
1: No, I agree. I agree. Yeah, and and in the Willamette Valley, people don't quite realize how much the channel does change. You know, I grew up uh, on the McKinsey River, the one you just mentioned, and my favorite float, used to be from Hendricks Park um, down to uh, uh, Camp Creek. And I uh, moved up to the Portland area. This was back in the uh, uh, early uh, 2000s. And the pastor of the church I was going to wanted to have me take him fishing. And I told him a number of times about the McKenzie, And so um, this was, I don't know, 2003 or so. I gave a call down uh, to a guide that I had heard about and uh, uh, booked a trip, and was telling Pastor John about this great section of the river where we'd always hook up on a Springer. I mean, it just, it was in, you know, um, inevitable. You'd always hook up on a Springer if you if you trolled a, uh, you know, remember the old Pirates, the Rapala Pirates through
0: there? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. or the old uh, uh, Hot Shot Blue Pirates and the yeah. uh, uh, Green Pirates. Yeah, exactly. Great, great, great. great.
1: It, exactly. So we, you know, we dragged one through there and I got him all excited because we were going to get some trout and that sort of thing. And, and uh, so anyway, we hopped in the boat with the guide, and I told him really where, where I wanted to go. And it was just a few miles downstream from Hendricks, as you remember that. Um, and he goes, well, that's gone. <laughs> what do you mean that's yeah, gone? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> He goes, the, the, the river so changed. It, and, it, you know, and it's now about, a, uh, it's now about 100 yards, you know, what would that be? Uh, south. Of uh, where that channel used to be, and so so long and right. behold, we got down there and we stopped the boat and we we walked through that old channel, you know. And uh, I was hoping to find my sunglasses in there and the other st- stuff that I dropped overboard over <laughs> the years. But <laughs> it was it was interesting. No No, no luck. No well, luck. you know those blue pirates and
0: those those uh, blue pirates and green pirates uh, just. Harkens a memory that, uh, you know, uh, this would have been the 10th years we do a kids with cancer trip and I'm the, myself and another guy are the founders and he's dropped out. So I'm on the board of directors and the founder, the president, whatever. And we have probably 150 people show up. We have athletes from Oregon, university of Oregon. We have athletes from Oregon state and we have the kids with cancer, and they buddy up with their favorite collegiate uh, team, Mm -hmm. and sometimes they don't, and we take them down fishing. ODF and W's put 6,000 fish out in front of us, so everybody catches fish, and we do a breakfast, and then we marry up the kids with the boats, the guides. We have about 25 boats, and the kids get together with the athletes and their guide and they spend an enjoyable four and a half to five hours on the river catching trout. And when we get to the end, they have a nice hot dog, hamburger, beans, juice, and this year popsicles for the first time that yeah. they absolutely, the college kids, they were like, I said, behave yourself. I was in line first. They're so over the top of me to get a damn popsicle that i haven't had for 22 years but anyway it's it's a very 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 rewarding thing to do and and i help with the the moose kids uh um less privileged kids they get to fish for trout at a local pond and then i've done the um, uh, wounded warriors and i've oh, done yes. no kids left behind uh through barrett and fox and um just feel like I've got to give back and it feels natural because mm-hmm. the, the luxury I've had of, of using the great Northwest and, and 30 of its, you know, rivers and, uh, growing up out here in the Northwest. And, uh, I'm like I said, I mean, uh, the accolades from Cabela's and Sims and all these other guys are, uh, are one thing. But like I said, my ego is more satisfied with the smile on the faces of everybody. And I got to oh. sum it up at that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, you know, I, I, I hate to address the elephant in the room right now, but um, obviously this virus has got us all kind of uh, wondering when the seasons will start. Um, with uh, the, uh, you know, the, the winter steelhead now coming to a close or close because we can't get out and do it. You've got springers coming up um but um then you you uh, will then uh, transform and you'll start spot fishing uh summer steelhead and, and trout during the summer se- seasons is that right
0: yes e- e- even if we get shut back to first of july which i hope we don't yeah. there'll still be a two-week good springer season and then there'll be steelhead clear into october and uh I'll take a week hiatus and go up to Columbia and catch my, uh, my, uh, fair amount of, um, walleye, but Mm -hmm. the, um, if we, if if we can kick off in July, we'll have a couple good weeks of salmon fishing steelhead. Like I said, we'll go clear through October. Okay. Maybe even later, but, but on all the social, uh, diagrams that have been put in front of us, um, I'm a bachelor, spend a lot of time Netflix, cleaning up my uh, fishing rods and reels, and organizing my tackle. So, um, I will not take one person out there until the powers to be says go.
1: Yeah. And I already
0: know that there's guys out there sneaking around, and uh, you know that's fine and dandy, but all it's going to do is keep. Keep the honest ones from being out there in a timely fashion. So yeah. it's um, it is what it is. We'll wear it out. We'll come back strong. There mm-hmm. won't be as many guides as there was the last three years. They will have to be gainfully employed right. and to survive. I mean, it's it's a tough, tough business, and you better be good with people, and you better be able to catch fish if you're going to be called full-time guide which I am we have Mm -hmm. a lot of part-time guides and some of them are really good fishermen and good guys I get all the respect I need out on the river from the uh, uh, other guides I mean they treat me very good and of course I treat them well yeah uh, I'm afraid I will not see the same faces once we go back because these people are going to have to have a steady income whereas you know I've been able to over the years uh, I don't know, have a magic cookie jar, for lack of better right. words.
1: Right. Well, it it is sad, you know, that there's a lot of new people that have entered into the business over the last few years. And they've, you know, they've obviously, in, you see them on, on the river all the time. They've invested heavily in these uh, new tricked out boats and, and pickup trucks. And they've got huge payments to make and you know they're they're the ones that are really going to be struggling coming into this new year and and like you were saying you you know that some of them are just not going to be here because they've got to feed their family and do the other things that they need to do and so uh
0: well to be honest be honest with you ted there's there's a certain percentage that you know that makes it bad for all of us that they shouldn't even be out there and i'm not mm going to point fingers and uh um but it's reality of it is is you know, they catch a few fish, and then they get their, their guide's license, and then they go spend the money on the boats and everything. And the next yeah. thing you know, they're divorced, their house is sold, because um, it's not as easy as it looks. You right. spend six to seven hours on the river. You've got a full 12-hour day from the time you took your first sip of coffee to the time that you repacked your bait, cleaned your boat, took your shower, and are having a cup of soup. Yeah. Yep. That's now, a typical now, day for a guide.
1: Now, how many times over the last 20 years have you been sitting in your boat and one of your uh, clients turns to you and goes, Jim, you've got the best job in the world. All you do is fish all day long.
0: Oh, there's probably not a week that doesn't go by. I get some silly guy telling me that. And I said, you know what the deal is with guides. We start out with two million. And then once we lose and get down to a million, then we get the heck out while we still can. (laughs) So that's how we handle the guys that think you have the best job in the world. (laughs) Right. Right.
1: So tell us just a little bit more about your relationship with Cabela's. That's uh, a, that, that's a real feather in your cap.
0: Well, yeah, I actually turned them down two years in a row and then Uh, Bonnie Matt a head guy from pro staff flew out and met me and blocked me in a room and said, I'm not leaving until you sign this piece of paper. I said, well, the one piece of paper was fine, but there was 27 other ones attached to it. (laughs) So so, uh, that, and I'm glad that I did. I mean, it's been, you know, my friends and uh, family and people I know, They're like, oh, my gosh, it's like, you know, it's great. You're on their pro staff and you're on, you know, and it just evolved, too. I mean, there's probably not two months that go by. Somebody says, hey, why don't you apply for our pro staff? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh, okay. First things first, though, you got to send me your product and I got to try it. If I believe in it, I'll gladly fly your flags. If I don't Mm -hmm. believe in it, I'll politely tell you it's not for me. Right. And, Yeah. I think a lot of folks think it's a pretty, pretty cool deal. And and it, it was and I gotta admit that it did give me a little ego boost, but it also humbled me too because you know, I, I was the lucky one. There was some jealousy, some animosity, it's all gone away, now it's all respect and uh um yeah, I mean the only reason people bring it up is because they know me. <laughs> right. So it's uh it's an honor.
1: Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Gosh, you've got a lot of respect for the profession and the outdoors and, and you're growing up and that sort of thing. And, and that sure shows in the way that you, you know, your, your enthusiasm for the business, you know, and, and, and what you do, what in regards to the future ahead, fishing in Oregon what uh, if you looked into your crystal ball what what does it look like Jim
0: well I I think a lot of it's gonna be we're not gonna have as much pressure from guides and Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people are going to kind of tippy-toe back into it and I think we'll probably have a good year and a half of good fishing because lack of competition one Mm -hmm. and I see the numbers going up. I've watched the Oregon city dam counts and there are over 4,000 winter steelhead, which is wow. last year. I think there was 800 and right. then the summer fish are coming over good. And we've had spring Chinook come over the earliest I can recall at 48 degrees temperature. And normally oh. it's 58 to 60 is when they come piling over. And we already got, you know, uh, uh, Eighteen fish over, and I know exactly where every one of them is.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Good for you. Good for you. Now,
1: now you mentioned um, earlier in our conversation that you're now fishing a little bit of walleye. Do you you guide that, or is that just a, a personal? No. no Nope. No.
0: Nope, nope. I need. I need times where I can tell guys. I don't care if it broke off, tie on another one. (laughs) So that's my, that's my mental health days up there. And I go, and you guys know how to tie knots. So quit screwing with me. No, that's just, um, that's go up and kind of, uh, uh, put, put some white packages in the freezer, just like Mm -hmm. crab, just like hunting, anything else. And I eat it year round. Mm
1: -hmm. And,
0: uh, so, uh, it's okay for guys to go buddy fishing, (laughs) (laughs)
1: yeah that's true that that is that is true well well Jim I sure appreciate um, you calling in and and letting us talk with you today I know that uh, it sounds like you're in the pickup of a truck somewhere uh, headed somewhere right now but uh, um, you know we I'm not uh,
0: headed anywhere but but I I, I do uh, I do predator calling and predator hunting so we're kind of Predator hunting. For some reason my feet ah. and hardwood floors and rugs just do not mesh. But out here in the country, oh my gosh, they feel like slippers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome.
1: So you so you're predator hunting right now, huh?
0: Yeah, like coyotes and uh cougar tag and bear season ah. and then we got uh we've got uh turkey season coming up and stuff, so yeah. I've always got these little side things I like to do. And when I get a free day and I want to just go check out the, the landscape, well, buy gummies, I go do it. <laughs> that's,
1: that's great, man. That, uh, what, what a man, you know, I mean, you're a man's man. I mean, it, uh, that, that's, uh, you know, all, all it is to it. You know, I, I hate to go off on a side note, but I got to share the story. I think people will enjoy it. It's been a couple of years ago, I was working with some people out of South Africa. And we were going to be doing some marketing work for, for them and that sort of thing. And so at the end of the conversation with this um, personal hunter down there, I uh, uh, agreed that we were going to talk like on a Wednesday, right? And, and we were going to talk at Wednesday, 11 o'clock his time. And just as the conversation was concluding, he said the most manly thing I've ever been said, ever said to in my life. And he goes, Ted, I can't talk on Wednesday. I just remembered I'm supposed to go out and shoot a lion on Wednesday. Oh, really? Well, I got <laughs> <laughs> Me too. I'm busy, you know. <laughs> but, uh, right. But you're the same way, man. Every time I'm talking to you, you're out doing something. That, I think the last time we talked um, a, a while back, you were going out hunting some bear uh, some somewhere up in uh uh, just outside of Eugene, or something. So, man, keep it up.
0: Yeah. Uh, in fact, I had a, I had a, a damage control for a buddy of mine that has 200 acres, and I uh, harvested a three-year-old cow and uh, no fetus, and it's all in the freezer, and there's not a scrap of meat left on the bones. Yeah. Uh, it was all summer sausage. Uh, hamburger Ooh. and uh uh beer bratwurst. yeah, and so uh when when you go to discard them, you can grab the whole carcass in one hand and well discard it <laughs> wow wow cool
1: well well, Jim, how do people get a hold of you if they'd like to uh, uh, uh book a book a trip with you
0: well the best way is just to email me and then always leave a phone number because I've had so many people. What happens with our industry, we have a bunch of part-time guides. Now, nothing against them, but people will say, you know, you're the you're the third one I've called, and you called me right back. Uh-huh. And I said, well, who did you call? They'll mention their names. I said, well, they're part-time guides. And I said, they really need the list that they're part-time because you people – come up here and you want to go fishing and the first two guys you call they don't return your call and then you call me and you're like oh gosh I'm glad you can take us and I said well yeah that's what I do and I have open dates Mm -hmm. and I said but the first two guys they work one of them works six days a week one of them works five days a week so there's no way they could get you out and they Uh. go well that's something that they really need to put put down so I'm I'm 24 seven. If I don't t- talk to somebody the same day that they call me, a lot of times I'll pick up in the boat and say, hey, I've got real mean customers today. I can't talk right now, but I'll talk on the way home. And of course, that gets a big smile out of the front seat. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> well, well, good. So just so email uh, is by far the best. Okay. And, or, and what, what, or what's call. your call address? Oh, it's a funny one. I can't believe I can do a business called harmless711 the numerals at aol.com and people do call me to go fishing now my uh-huh. phone number is the best five five four one nine five four nine one two six
1: got it got it and you've uh you obviously got some dates open as this year goes on and it sounds like there's a lot of fish coming into the system so As soon as we get a go, my guess is that you're going to get real busy real quick.
0: I think so. And, hey, I don't mean – am I cutting you short if we go now? Because i got to get up to this spot where I think there might be a coyote. Go do it, man. Go do it. Thank you, Jim. Thanks,
1: Ted. Okay. See you soon. Later. Bye now. Good job, man.